Hey there, it's Kesonga, and I have a really cool announcement for y'all. Headspace is now offering mental health coaching in the Headspace app. You can connect with a trained expert for live, text-based one-on-one support on your time from anywhere. Whether they're helping you cope with daily stress and anxiety or supporting you through big life events like loss or relationship hurdles, your coach will draw from clinically validated tools to help you reach any mental health goals. You can text a mental health coach for just $99.99 a month. Just sign up on the Headspace app or at headspace.com slash coaching. Hi, my name is Ruben. I'm 11 years old and I meditate every day. I started meditating when I was around 9 or 10 and I really like it because it just brings peace and it makes me feel very calm and it just helps in everyday life. I think the best thing of all is that it really helps in my sleep and during lockdown that's been very hard. I'm very happy that Headspace exists. If you'd like to check out some of my favourite sleep casts, just search for Headspace in the App Store. Hey, it's Malika Rao, and we're doing something a little different with these mini-sodes. We want to drop you directly into someone else's world. For this first one, we're going to spend a night with Joseph McGill Jr. He likes to travel across the country and sleep in historic sites. But they're not ones usually marked by placards or that show up on Google Maps. These sites are hidden away. They're the former homes of enslaved people. This is really what's made Joe famous to those who know him. His act of stepping into a decrepit, forgotten site of pain, a place most Americans might rather ignore, and inviting in the thoughts and transformations that come with night. Black and white people sometimes join him to share and reflect, Joe says sleeping in these dwellings is a dramatic way to draw attention to them, to make sure the history they represent is not forgotten. I think it's it's big. It it makes people interested. Hmm. And why would someone want to do such a thing? And it's because that curiosity is aroused is why I'm still 11 years later doing just doing that, still doing that very simple act. Joe told me over the phone that sleep allows him to create a kind of retreat, a place where secrets sometimes come out. There is that act of sleeping, that act of spending the night, that act of kind of um, letting your guards down. We wanted to know what it was like to be there with Joe. So we sent him a recorder and told him to treat it like an audio diary, which he did on an overnight stay to a slave dwelling close to home. My name is Joseph McGill. I am the founder of the Slave Dwelling Project, and I am also history and culture coordinator at Magnolia Plantation and Gardens in Charleston, South Carolina. Business as usual today, people coming to the plantation to go on various tours. I give the From Slavery to Freedom or Cabin Tour, and those tours have been pretty full. Well, Magnolia, they were doing something 
quite uh, cutting edge at the time. They were restoring the slave cabins that are historically on the property and still on the property now. And um, I expressed out loud, you know, I would like to spend the night in this space when the work is done. And 2010 was when it started. And now 2021, we're still going strong. All right, this is Joe. It's about 4.07 p.m. Uh, my day, official day here at Magnolia Plantation and Gardens is done. I'm going to go someplace and uh, hopefully get a sit-down meal somewhere. And uh, maybe a margarita. A some adult beverage. Uh, before I have to come back and uh, be here for the rest of the night. All right, Joe. Ten years before the Slave Dwelling Project officially started, I was a part of a, a History Channel documentary called The Unfinished Civil War. And it was about Civil War reenactors and why Civil War reenactors do what they do, because we're a crazy bunch. And um, I told them about this idea that I had about sleeping in a slave cabin. And they, they made it happen. They made the arrangements at uh, Boone Hall Plantation in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. So that was my very first day. And that night, I woke up about 3 a.m. to dogs barking in the background. And, and I thought about uh, enslaved people escaping and being chased chased by dogs. That's why, you know, when I work at Magnolia Plantation, people bring their dogs often. It's the hound dogs that bother me. Because I say, well, that dog descended from other dogs. And it's a good chance that dog descended from a dog that chased my, my ancestors. So, you know, I, 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 just, I just don't like seeing hound dogs on plantations. Just does something to me. Yeah, so 8.51 p.m. I'm sitting, sitting here at my computer. I'm still under the pavilion, got the lights on. So it's getting a little chilly though. I gotta go get my I gotta get my my coat, my heavy coat. I didn't bring my light coat, so I gotta take gotta wear the heavy one. That's okay though. I'll make it work. I still gotta go into that uh, slave cabin and spread out my sleeping gear. Um I hear wilderness. I hear stuff. The folks that come on the tour, I get I get to talk about all the cabins. First of all, I talk about you know, the Draytons and, and, you know, the Draytons are slave owners. I uh, get to disappoint some people who, who come there looking for good slave owners. But as far as the cabins, there are four cabins there. Uh, they're all built in 1850. The cabin that I slept in and the cabin that I've slept in the most, the cabin that I slept in first, that's the 1870s cabin. And that interprets that period in our history where there was hope for uh, recently freed slaves because that's the time of reconstruction. The cabin's not very big. It's probably about uh, maybe 15 by 20 on both sides. It's an open ceiling. And it's, it's got a fireplace in the middle, a chimney in the middle. It gave it a, a feeling of home, if you will. If, if one want to consider such a space a home, you know, our ancestors did, and they had to, had no choice. Hello, this is Joe checking in. Uh, we're going to be doing a Zoom call tonight here 
I thought that this was be would be a good time to do a Zoom call, um, because we got this podcast going tonight. What we're trying to achieve is to do something similar to what we were doing prior to COVID. You know, we would gather at these places and we'd have these conversations, conversations about slavery and the legacy that is left on this nation. You know, we're all about the business of honoring the, the enslaved ancestors. And the sleeping part is easy, but the, the, the most challenging part and the, and the most meaningful part of what we do now, you know, is the conversations before the sleepover. You know, that's the thing. That's where the content is, because, you know, we get to talk about the subject matters that that people are usually afraid to, to talk about with folks who don't look like them. But, you know, this environment gives people that opportunity to do that. There was a question of, um, and it's one that I know you like talking about because I'm trying to find it. <laughs> Do you stay in locations other than dwellings, reconstructed dwellings of the enslaved? Could you talk about that? Like, have you ever slept in a kitchen? <clears throat> have you slept in a bed and breakfast that was, you know. Or jail. Or jail. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've slept in places that, uh, you know, you can't define as as cabins. I've stayed in places with dirt floors. Now, my my, my, my board member, Nicole, who travels with yeah. me often, um, she hasn't taken advantage of the opportunity to sleep in as many places that I have, but I'll let her talk about that. For the most part, I've stayed with Joe at Magnolia or... Um, the Hermitage. The Hermitage, where we slept on tables. I did stay at Stagville um, in that when we talk about kind of that space and the, the magnitude of it and the structures being two-story, there was kind of a stillness. Like, it was after we had worked all day. And in that moment, it kind of clicked. Oh, this is what it would have been. Because you were so tired and our feet burned from the shoes and just running back and forth that, like, literally bodies just collapsed on a wooden floor and you just pass out. And I would say that is the closest to the exhaustion that I have felt that I could connect and then kind of waking up early in the morning in the stillness of the site, that was um, pretty powerful. There were a lot of jaw-dropping moments. You know, right there at Magnolia Plantation where this young lady admitted that her father was a member of the KKK. Uh, there's some a few challenging moments. Uh, Monticello, the home of, of Thomas Jefferson. You know, Thomas Jefferson, all men are created equal. Well, he owned 600 people. We're, we're sitting around, kind of debriefing. We're in a classroom setting, and this one young African-American uh, who had spent the night there, you know, he asked a question. You know, what was hope for the enslaved? And it, it made everybody think. I mean, all the adults in the room. I mean, we all, you know, what was hope? for the enslaved and we all kind of dealt with that we kicked it around and the the collective answer that we came up with was hope was us the people in the room the african-american people in the room well you know we were that hope it's because they acquiesce it's because they were able to to live and, and pass on their gene pool um you know to us you know, again, that conclusion was, you know, we were that hope. All right, it's about 
um, it's about the time I usually wake up and just get on my phone and and do stuff. So that is that time of night. It's very quiet in here. I'm probably the most quiet I've ever heard it um, on, on this site, right around the same time, every time. I think there was a wedding on the on the plantation last night uh, when I came into the cabin. I saw some activities coming from towards the uh, carriage house when I went to the restroom. So um, it's very quiet right now. So kind of just hanging out, just laying here in my spot in this cabin alone, thinking about uh, enslaved people occupying this space and uh, existing, knowing that at some point they were going to have to get up and go through their routine of working for their enslavers and not benefiting from all the work that they did. Um, So yeah, this is where it started folks, about uh, 11 years ago, here's where I was in this cabin, this very cabin, to start the slave dwelling project. And I was alone then, and I'm alone now. Well, you know, we got a right or wrong. We we we've got a um, we've got to fix this thing they call history. We we got we got to get it out of that fairy tale status. Um, and and you know the slave dwelling is is uh, you know we've we've done some things. We've made people notice that um, it's important to tell a more a complete narrative. Um, you know the slave dwelling project is is letting this um, nation know that we are a great nation. But along the way, we committed some atrocities and we shouldn't, you know, run and hide from those atrocities. We should own up to it and, and just quit lying to ourselves. Hibernation is brought to you by Headspace Studios in partnership with Spoke Media. If you're enjoying the show, please rate, review, and follow us in Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the show. Our show is written and hosted by me, Malika Rao. We're produced by senior producer James Kim, with help from myself, Erica Huang, Brigham Mosley, Demira Pierre, and research by Hannah Ray Montgomery. Our coordinating producer is Sharita Lynn Solis. Original music and sound design by Erica Huang with engineering by ABF Creative. Additional music from Firstcom. Our spoke executive producers are Keisha T.K. Dudas with Keith Reynolds and Aliyah Tavakolian. Our Headspace executive producers are Leah Sutherland with Morgan Seltzer and Sam Rogaway. Special thanks to the folks you heard from today, Joseph McGill Jr. and Nicole Moore. <laughs>